do feel comfortable moving down toward the front so you have um, the opportunity to be a little closer. We can feel a little more conversational. And then you can go back to your assigned seats when we're finished. So officially, welcome. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. And I'm pleased to welcome you here to the War Memorial Opera House in San Francisco. Welcome you to our Meet the Artist interview this evening, which is Friday, March 6th, 2015. And uh, to remind you that the Meet the Artist interviews, the Points of View programs, and many, many other fascinating, interesting things are produced by the Center for Dance Education, which produces programs both for um, educating and um, enhancing the experience of adults, but also for children. We have lots of the community matinees here in the Opera House and a really renowned uh, Dance in Schools and Communities program out in the community. Um, and also a reminder that these programs are recorded for podcast, and we hope that very soon you will be able to go to the ballet's website, sfballet.org, and sort of drill through and find where the podcasts are posted. You can catch uh, interviews and lectures from um, the past seasons and from the current season. So um, we'll also say welcome to anyone who might be listening at a future time via a podcast. I'm really pleased this evening uh, to be in conversation with soloist James Safranco. Thank you, James. Thank you. And uh, we were checking off so many different things that we could talk about. I hope we can fit them all in. And as a reminder, we always like to include some questions and answers, or questions from you, so that we and James can answer. Um, so be thinking of what you might like to ask in the last seven or so minutes of our time. Um, last but not least, James has um, agreed to go up to the mezzanine, to the shop, during the um, interval between when we finish here and the eight o'clock curtain, where he will be signing lookbooks if you haven't figured out what the lookbook is, you really need to go get yours. It's a wonderful um, kind of a revival of an old custom to have picture books of your company and the, all of the dancers with articles about them and beautiful photography by um, most, well, is it all by Eric Thomason? Mostly all by Eric Thomason, gorgeous pictures. So. I think what uh, some of the folks I've talked to are doing is collecting signatures of the dancers. So um, uh, somebody's waving the lookbook right here. <laughs> so you can get James' signature when we're finished at uh, 7.30 up in the shop. <clears throat> so now, I, um, of course, have enjoyed your career here at San Francisco Ballet, which is um, a distinguished career. You've been here for a lot of years, really. Yeah, I, I, I counted this year. This is my 15th season with San Francisco Ballet. Wow, and a rich 15 years. Um, one of the things that I 
I love about watching your performances is um, the range of your repertoire. Your training is, I think we decided it was unique in the company. So tell us a little bit about your experience leading up to being in San Francisco Ballet. Well, I, I grew up in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, and I um, went to your local mom and pop uh, ballet school that offered jazz and tap. So I love jazz and tap, ballet, so-so. Mm. Um, uh, but I, I grew to love ballet just as much and then obviously more. Um, but jazz and tap, that, you know, dancing to popular music and being on stage and being a performer. And then I went to a school for creative and performing arts in elementary school also in Cincinnati, Ohio, based on the fame school from uh, New York. So um, we would sing fame down the hallways and I'm gonna live forever. And we went uh, and we did all sorts of musicals and Broadway you know, plays done on high school uh, students because it was an elementary school through high school. So I'd say those were like some formative years for me, like getting the bug of performing and being on stage and um, acting. And um, I learned how to play piano through that too. So, and, and I took ballet there. And surprisingly um, now, back then I had no idea this was maybe unique, but um, one of our teachers at that school taught us Martha Graham modern technique too, of, you know, elementary school kids at a public school in Ohio taking Martha Graham um, technique, as well as you know, classical ballet too. I mean, it's just extraordinary now that I think about that. And um, that kind of just set me up for uh, a path to kind of being, I guess, uh, having a wide range of likes in, in the dance world and, and styles. Um, I did end up going to a more strictly classical ballet school called the Herod Conservatory in Florida for my high school years, my last three years of high school. So I got really strict um, ballet training there, Paris opera training from one of uh, my teachers there. Um, and then from there, I went to the Juilliard School in New York City, which is not always known for its classical training, more for its modern training, more along the Martha Graham, Jose Limon, uh, Paul Taylor type of uh, schools of training. Um, but they had some wonderful ballet teachers there too, so I definitely kept on my ballet technique and just learned as much as I could about every style of dance and choreography and stagecraft. It was, it was a great school, so. <laughs> Interrupting here, uh, you mentioned stagecraft. You had a whole academy style uh, curriculum, not just ballet classes. Yes, well, I don't want to mislead and say I was taking, you know, science and uh, <laughs> English lit, but uh, yes, we had a, a well-rounded liberal arts education. So I, yeah, I, I've had um, my schooling in that in that way too. And then your degree from Juilliard is what? It's a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Dance. Okay, okay. so here you um, have been trained classically, like most of your colleagues, hmm. but um, and in all of the different styles of dance, like many of your colleagues, and you also, before your professional career, have a college education. I yes, that's it, fantastic. yeah. I mean, the the typical path to a ballet company for a, a young dancer is not through college. Um, I was saying this to Mary earlier. It's, it's because we're you can only dance for so long, and um, dancers are typically young, and you want to get out there. You want to do it while you can. <laughs> so going to college sometimes feels like a sidetrack. Um, but we were talking about how that's that's changing a little bit, and there's a little bit more of an accepted path now to go to a college. And a lot of the college uh, programs are actually getting a lot better, especially with classical dance. 
classical ballet. So we um, can maybe leap over the fact that then you, you, as a graduate, and you were on the market for a job, and you end up in San Francisco Ballet, and you've danced the broadest repertoire <laughs> here. And I, we, I'm sure you're familiar with the term triple threat on Broadway. If you can sing and act and dance, um, here you are. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't call myself like a, a true singer, but we, you know, we did do West Side Story Suite here, so we all had to sing for that one. So that was a lot of fun. And and in some of the other repertoire roles that we, I think of you, many of them are acting roles and character roles. Can you reminisce about just a few that are well, stand out that are fun? Um, well, you're seeing Jerome Robbins tonight. Um, but another ballet that we did of his um, was called The Concert. Um, and maybe you remember this one. It's a humorous ballet. And uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but I, I had the chance to play the husband, you know, the cigar-wielding glasses and newspaper-shaking husband who's out to get his wife because they're just to have revenge out for each other. And it's really funny. It's almost slapstick, but it, I mean, this guy who he's listening to some music and he starts pretending he's a butterfly and then all of a sudden wings come out from behind his back. So it's kind of like, what? How did we get to this point in this ballet? And it, you, you look up on the stage and you're like, what is going on? But it's hilarious. And um, if you've watched it from the whole beginning, the progression is just natural. And you're like, of course, he's thinking he's a butterfly flying through the meadow now. And that type of thing is just fun for me. I love taking a character down a path. And if we look ahead down this season coming up, Next, program five, Don Quixote, mm -hmm. a brilliant role in which you are brilliant. Talk about Sancho Panza. Yes, Sancho Panza, the main character of Don Quixote. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> to me, he is. No, <laughs> no he, he's a lot of fun. And it really, you're just up there having a blast. I mean, you have to be at the right place on the right count. But in between all that, you can kind of do whatever you want, unless you know, Helgi might say, okay, you need to pull it back now. <laughs> You're stealing the scene. Um, yeah, we have to be careful not to do that. But uh, yeah, um, there's all the vendors on stage in the village scene selling sausages and fish. And of course, you're, a, you're after all their wares and drinking beer all the time. So, I mean, it's just a fun role. And to be the sidekick's always kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. um, on the other hand, Many of you are seeing both Program 3 and Program 4. On Program 3, you are privileged to dance in Vertiginous Thrill of Exactitude. Mm -hmm. and tomorrow, too. Yeah, tomorrow, if you happen to be here tomorrow. And good grief, your classical training. <laughs> What's classical you need, you plus You need every more. bit yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, you do. And he was actually just here, William, mm -hmm. William Forsyth. Um, mm -hmm. And he, he did a rehearsal for us for this ballet, which was amazing. And it's always a privilege to hear um, what the, any choreographer who comes, and hopefully you have a chance to work with the original choreographer. Many times you don't. Um, but especially with Bill, he, he was very inspiring and um, was encouraging and, and wanted us to be expert uh, listeners is one thing that he said. You really need to embody the music. And another thing he says, you are the experts on the stage right now. And this ballet is about being so exact, as the title suggests, and being uh, the best, showing everything you know about ballet in one step. And that's kind of the types of remarks that he'll say, like, show me everything you know about classical ballet and be really proud of it. And so we're embodying this kind of character of, we are here to show you how 
classical ballet should be done, and this is exactly how it needs to be done all the time. And why would you do it any different? Because this is fabulous. And so we have to embody that character while executing these really, really difficult turns and jumps and leaps and all that stuff. So um, when, you're thinking, when you're thinking about the character, it is a pure dance. You don't have a character, but you're embodying kind of a feeling and a spirit. And uh, there's only five of you on stage, and you're kind of eyeing each other, and you're playing with each other, and you're listening expertly to the music, as he says, and playing with the music and toying with it. Um, it's just a really wonderful um, piece to do that with. Super difficult. I mean, many people have said it's the hardest thing they've danced in their whole career. Um, Katita Waldo, who's our ballet mistress now, danced it many, many times, and she's, she's said that to me before. Um, and I, I tend to agree with her. It's one of the most difficult pieces. Mm -hmm. You're just dying. <laughs> the curtain comes down, and we collapse, and then we stand up really quick for the bow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I heard Bill Forsyth say that the part that the audience doesn't see are the, is the dancers lying flat on yeah. the floor <laughs> when the curtain comes down. Um, you, uh, we are going to finish our conversation talking about this evening's piece, Hummingbird, mm -hmm. which you alternate in. You're not in it tonight, are you? Right, it's the, uh, yeah. the other group tonight. Yeah. But before we do that, you are doing a lot of other things be besides performing mm -hmm. on stage in the company. <laughs> List a few of the things you're doing. Um, well, I, I've, uh, in the past couple of years, I've helped um, assist in the studio um, our resident choreographer, Yuri Posakov, with um, the creation of some of his ballets. Um, you probably saw Rite of Spring a couple of years ago. Um, I was also a dancer in that, one of the two bodied uh, elders attached by a single dress. That was the, one of the most unique ex performing experiences in my life, for sure. <laughs> um, um, but I also was helping him um, just uh, create some of the steps in the studio because he had a huge cast and sometimes it's hard to come up with all that movement and all your ideas on the spot with a million people looking at you saying, tell me what to do now. So he sometimes likes to go into a studio with a smaller group um, or with people that he feels comfortable with and uh, helps create some of the movement. Um, but I also helped him with the music um, and along with Anita Pachotti. So we yeah. were kind of like a team on Rite of Spring. And um, so that's been a lot of fun for me to help Yuri um, create uh, and also translate sometimes what his idea is for a ballet onto the dancers in the studio. Because sometimes the, the words don't make it to the back of the room or some people have different ideas about how it is. And especially if you have a big cast like Rite of Spring. Um, it, I, I feel like I can be a big help in making sure everybody gets the right information and the right uh, kind of information in the right way. And so nobody's confused. And so the, the rehearsal becomes efficient and things get done. <laughs> so um, every dancer looks down that long trajectory of the performing life and what might come after a performing life. Sounds like being a ballet master is something of interest to you. Yeah, it, it's definitely possible. It does, it, it, it does inspire me when I feel like I can really make a difference and, and I see the difference on the stage when the, when the curtain goes up. I've um, also helped him with Classical Symphony, his other ballet. I just recently set that ballet on Cincinnati Ballet, so that was a new experience too, going to a brand new company, didn't know anybody, um, and helping them cast the ballet. I mean, Yuri cast it from the year before, but then there were some changes and I had to help. And just doing that whole process was another new experience for me. And then teaching them every 
step. I had to know all every part, the women's parts, the men's parts, and um, the pot of parts. So it was a, a big learning experience for me, but I really did enjoy it. And I felt like um, the dancers did very well, and I felt like we made it happen, and the show is going to be really great. And I hope Yuri's pleased, too. He'll probably see the show or see a video. But um, yeah, and I've been doing a little bit of teaching, too, which ballet masters do um, mm -hmm. teaching, too. Um, so that, that's something that could happen for me. Uh, I don't know. What about choreography? Uh, Do you have any interest in yes, choreography? Yes, I've been doing some choreography too. I'm actually choreographing a piece on the uh, San Francisco Ballet School trainees right now. So um, that's another uh, new experience for me. I did some choreography at Juilliard. We mm -hmm. you know, studied that there too. But I've only done like, kind of like bits and pieces um, just on our layoffs for little gigs for myself or for friends. Um, but this is more of a fully realized like 15 minute piece. So I wanted to, I want to make it really good. So I've been focused on that too on my time off, which is not much. So <laughs> I'm calling them. I'm saying, can I rehearse from 10.45 to 11? <laughs> 15 minute increments. <laughs> Let's Every little bit counts. Um, break and see if there are some questions from the audience. Um, for those of you who have come in after we started, we're in conversation here with James Sofranco, a soloist in the company, and we are going to see if anybody has questions for James. Sure. Yeah. Um, walk us through a typical day for a dancer in your position. Yeah, well we have uh, kind of two typical scenarios. There's the performance day scenario and then there's the rehearsal day scenario. So like today is a performance day. So um, we have class in the morning, um, 10.30 this morning, sometimes it's 11, um, about an hour, 15 minute class, which is your basic, every dancer does it every day around the world. Start with plies at the bar, work your way through to the center, get more warmed up, finish with jumping and turning and um, Hopefully by the end you're, you're warm, your muscles are ready to go, and you're set up, you're placed, and um, you're ready to start your day. And then we'll have um, a series of rehearsals, depending on which day it is. If it's an opening night, we'll have a dress rehearsal that day. So we, we do a, about a three-hour dress rehearsal that afternoon, and then we'll break, and then we'll do the show. Um, after the opening night, then we'll do rehearsals as needed before the performance. Um, in our performance schedule, we are alternating two different programs usually. So we may open a program on Tuesday, then Wednesday we'll rehearse the program that's going to open on Thursday and then perform the first program Wednesday night and then Thursday we do the dress rehearsal of the Thursday show and then the Thursday show and then Friday it's kind of as needed uh, if we need extra rehearsals for a certain cast or for this piece didn't go so well so let's work on that. <laughs> Things like that. Um, uh, and then the other scenario is when we're just rehearsing, which is typically the summer through the fall. And uh, that is a 10 a.m. start time, ballet class in the morning, and then rehearsals from 11.30 to 6.30. That's our six-hour day. We have a one-hour lunch break in there. <clears throat> and it, it's all individual. We have one man, Alan Villarreal, who uh, handles all of our scheduling, and he's just the master at it, and we would fall apart without him probably because he handles all the requests from all the ballet masters and all the choreographers who come in and figuring out who can go where because you can't be in two places at once. Many people are in 
every piece, <laughs> or at least more than one piece at one time. So you can't rehearse everything at the same time, so he has to figure out a way to put it all together, and he does that every day for the two days ahead, because we get our schedule two days in advance. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Good, yeah, thank you. Then it's pretty complex, Yeah. and included in there might be costume fittings. Mm-hmm, costume fittings. Um, little PR things, mm -hmm. interviews yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and, and choreographing for the school. And choreographing <laughs> for the school or <laughs> running a rehearsal for Yuri. There's a question there. Yeah. Hey. Uh, is there a, this two part, uh, is there a role you haven't done in a while you'd like to do again? Is there a particular role that you haven't done that you'd like to do again? That's a fun question. Ooh, that's a hard a question. A role that you've done before, haven't done for a while, would like to do again, mm -hmm. and a role that you've never done that you would like to do. Hmm. Well, maybe just because it's in my head, but that, um, that concert husband role is something I, I wouldn't mind doing again, because we just did that one season, and that was a lot of fun. Um, another Jerome Robbins, though, just maybe because it's in my head, uh, the Fancy Free, um, the Three Sailors, I'd love to do that again. That'd be a lot of fun. One of the best, um, it's like a Broadway ballet, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. right up my, my alley. Um, and a, a ballet that um, I've never done that I'd like to, oh gosh, I mean, <clears throat> um, maybe like Rubies or something like that. I never, you know, got to do the, the lead role in Rubies, which is a kind of a firecracker role. Um, Edward Villela danced that a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was short and muscular and quick like me, so <laughs> that'd be a fun one. <laughs> um, we should, we almost forgot that we wanted to talk about Hummingbird. All right. So say a few words about the piece Hummingbird. You'll see it this evening. Uh, world premiere a year ago, choreographer Liam Scarlett. The company does so many works by so many choreographers who come. Uh, this was, uh, this choreographer is considered one of the great hot young choreographers. Can you, from the inside, talk about what is maybe different, what is special, what was remarkable about working with him and for the audience to see it? Sure. Um, yeah, like you said, his reputation kind of preceded him coming here, and we were all like, okay, this is the guy, this is Liam Scott, and then what's it going to be like? But, you know, he really didn't have any sort of pretension about him, and uh, he uh, was really relaxed and calm in the studio and really personable, and... Um, you know, some choreographers can get really stressed out at times, especially nearing the end of the rehearsal process when the deadline's coming and the show's about to open. Um, but he kept it really cool the whole time. And um, he, I asked him, I was like, are you really this calm? Or he's like, oh, I, I keep it inside. So <laughs> I think he, he has a good mechanism for staying cool. But also I think he just is naturally that way. And um, his movement was really nice. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, one of the parts that I do, the, uh, there's like a male duet in the second movement that really kind of just keeps flowing and um, is one of the more, I, I'd say, contemporary-ish sections of the ballet. Um, there's a lot of male partnering. Uh, Hanske Yamamoto and I do this part. And um, it, it just really fit the way I like to dance really well. So um, we had a nice kinship there, Liam and I, and uh, he was uh, really a, a pleasure to work with. And 
when I saw the final piece like put together, all the elements just really worked for me, like the lighting and the music. I mean, the Philip Glass music always gets, gets me. So uh, everything is just emotional, and there's this uh, second movement, Potida, with Yuan Yuan, who, uh, I think it's Lorena tonight. And um, yeah, it's just gorgeous. And to, yeah, to know that he's under 30 years old creating something this... Um, really well crafted and well put together and not just like raw talent he but really polished and finished i would say yeah and he is currently um the title is mm, resident choreographer perhaps i think artist in residence artist or something at the royal ballet right in england right <clears throat> so another question that might actually take us more toward hummingbird but any question somebody yes Interesting question. Talking about being a ballet master and the experience you've had here and learning uh, temperaments, personalities. You mean temperaments of the dancers or of myself or? Okay, okay. right. The milieu of this company compared to another company, what would you look for in another company? Yeah, well, I think that was part of it. Um, we are really blessed and lucky to have you know a season of eight programs here and we do so many ballets and really that is a big challenge for the ballet master at this company to keep it all straight and keep people rehearsed for a program that they're doing next week when they're dancing a different ballet tonight for instance so i think that is a big part of what being a ballet master at san francisco ballet is about um, a lot of other companies smaller companies more regional companies they tend to do a long rehearsal period of one program, then they perform that program. Then they do the next rehearsal period of the next program, and then they do that one program. So here it's all a big jumble, and it's, it's all about being organized here, I think. Um, but also there's so many dancers here too, so you have to have the right temperament in yourself <laughs> to handle all the personalities, um, because a lot of it is people management too. It, you have to know all the counts and all the spacing, obviously but you also have to know how to get the best out of the dancers that are in front of you. And it, it's not as easily said, or it's easy, easier said than done sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. I would think that would be a universal, that would be something you'd encounter in any company. Yeah. People and that's one thing that I, I think I didn't really realize that until doing it. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I, well, I know the steps and I, I can teach it easy, no problem. But there's this whole other aspect of being the authority in the room and being the, um, the person who has to manage personalities. I think we have time for one more question. I see a couple of hands. I'm gonna go over here, yeah. All right. Uh, the the question was in my 15 years here. Ha have I noticed Helgi um, changing or evolving in in that time? Um, well, I, I'd like to say I came here. You, we talked about my background being kind of diverse, and I came here because the repertoire was so diverse. And he uh, 
seem to always be bringing in different people, bringing in people from the kind of contemporary world to do ballet works, but also staying true to classical ballet too, doing the Swan Lakes and the Giselles. And um, that's what really drew me here. And I feel like he's stayed true to that um, kind of model. And he looks for new choreographers every year. We have premieres every year, which is something that I really admire. Um, if we all of a sudden stopped doing world premieres, I, yeah, I think that would be a big change for me in, in my place here and just my enjoyment of working here. Um, but I, I don't know, I feel like Helgi's always had a, a strong desire to push the envelope while maintaining a strong foothold in the past. And I feel like he, he really has accomplished that here. And he, like I said, we do have eight programs, so he has a lot, of, a lot to work with, which is great. And I mean, that's spectacular that we can do that many ballets in one season. And I think a lot of dancers come here for that reason. And I'm one of them. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's, he's very good at what he, what he does. <laughs> I think, and 30th season, He's definitely had um, 30 seasons to produce new works and whip together classics. And, and here we are with an evening ahead of you that is just spectacular. Yeah, this is one of, yeah. the, one of my favorite ballets, yeah. Dances at a Gathering, along with Hummingbird, which is like an, an, one of my new favorite ballets. So it's, you're in for a treat, for sure. Oh, really. And I'm afraid we do have to wrap it up. Before I finish, before we finish, I want to remind you that Jane, I've been speaking with James Safranco, who is going to go up to the shop on the mezzanine where he will be signing lookbooks, so you need to take the one you already have or go buy your lookbook so you can collect James' signature to go with all the others. Um, I know you'll enjoy this evening's performance. I look forward to seeing you all at uh, program five, Don Quixote, coming up in a couple of weeks. And with that, I'll say thanks so much, James. Thank you. And enjoy the performance.